0: lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show.
1: Let's get to it. Greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. Steve Dace alongside my good friends Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, And all of you. 888-900-3393 is the number here at The Blaze. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Last name D E A C E, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, youtube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can go to find clips of this show for free that you can sample yourself and then share with others. And then we are now up on Parlor as well at parlor. What is what is Parler? It's where if you are currently on Twitter and not a communist, it is where you will soon be instead of Twitter. At Parlor uh, at Steve Dace on Parlor is where you can find us there. Jam-packed Tuesday, as always, fake news or not coming your way. And we had so much fun just looking at Trump's recent tweets. That's what we did for face for fake news or not yes. last week. For fake news or not this week Trump mano-a-mano against Chris Wallace on Fox News on Sunday. I have selected uh, a handful of clips from that exchange, and you two are going to give it the fake news or not. You guys ready for that?
2: Is the Joe Biden would cry to his mama quote in there? <laughs> okay.
1: I can't remember if that one is in there or not. Is it in there, Aaron? I don't think it is. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't... Now, if he had said Joe Biden won't remember his mama, I would absolutely put that one in there. You bet. Uh, also, Pop Culture Tuesday, we are going to be joined by a special friend, uh, World Series champion forever, future Hall of Famer, the, the, the one and only Bloody Sock himself, uh, although he's not bleeding now anymore. They cleaned that up, thankfully. Kurt Schilling will be joining us because... I I may have won a baseball argument against one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Because he has been adamant that he didn't think they were going to play. And now, now he thinks they are. And so we're going to have that conversation. Major League Baseball set to be the first major professional team league to return to action since the lockdowns began. Opening day for the 2020 season coming up on Thursday. You got to be excited, Todd.
2: I am. I absolutely am.
1: I am excited. Dude, you know what I was doing on Saturday? No, I did this on Sunday. I watched some of, who was it? Um, the I wish I could remember who the teams were now. It was the Pirates against somebody on MLB Network. You know, a, a, a spring training game, no fans, crowd noise pumped in. I actually watched that for about 45 minutes on Sunday. I don't, even, I don't watch even NFL preseason games for 45 minutes because, you know, once the, there's nothing happening there once the uh, starters and stuff go out. I'm so eager to get our, some of our, our pastimes back, though. I tuned in. It. it was weird watching half, half of the players play with the cloth masks on. They did? Yeah. And half of the players did not. Oh, that was, was kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. That
3: makes sense. Yeah. So, anyway, I've, I've baseball's back on Thursday. Yeah, I've sown my wild oats with soccer, and it's time to come back home to America now. That's right. That's what we're talking about. Some good old-fashioned
1: jingoism. <laughs> That's how we roll around here. So, Kurt Schilling will join us next hour. At the bottom of this hour, Julie Kelly from American Greatness will be joining us about her new book about the disloyal opposition. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what's gone down since we were away.
3: What happened while we were away, brought to you by a Civil War update. Rioters in Portland, Oregon, again attempted to wreak carnage and destruction last night, targeting the Portland Federal Courthouse. Portland's mayor and Oregon's governor have, in recent days, demanded federal law enforcement leave the area and let the anarchists do what they will. This video shows anarchists assaulting a federal police officer. The St. Louis, Missouri couple who brandished their firearms to protect their property from Black Lives Matter provocateurs were the subject of a warrant a couple of weeks ago wherein their firearms were confiscated by order of St. Louis, Missouri Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. The crimes they were suspected of at that time were not clear, but we now know that Mark and Patricia McCloskey are being charged with felony unlawful use of a weapon exhibiting. Circuit Attorney Gardner said in a statement, quote, we must protect the right to peacefully protest, and any attempt to chill it through intimidation will not be tolerated. The McCloskeys brandished their weapons after wannabe rioters broke down a gate and entered the private street of their residence in St. Louis. You may remember a couple of years ago when Fox News' Tucker Carlson's home address was published by left-wing activists. Naturally, Antifa and other groups arrived at Carlson's home in the middle of the night to chant Tucker Carlson, we know where you sleep at night. <laughs> You know where you sleep at? Well, after receiving death threats against him and his family, Carlson ended up moving from his old home in Washington, D.C. Well, fast forward to present day, where during last night's broadcast of Tucker Carlson Tonight, Carlson revealed something incredibly despicable. Last week, the New York Times began working on a story about where my family
1: and I live. As a matter of journalism, there is no conceivable justification for a story like that. The paper is not alleging we've done anything wrong, and we haven't. We pay our taxes. We like our neighbors. We've never had a dispute with anyone. So why is the New York Times doing a story
3: on the location of my family's house? Well, you know why? To hurt us. And now coronavirus, President Trump tweets a picture of himself in a mask with the caption, quote, we are united in our effort to defeat the invisible China virus. And many people say that it is patriotic to wear a face mask when you can't socially distance. There's nobody more patriotic than me, your favorite president. The Washington Nationals announced yesterday that Dr. Anthony Fauci will be throwing out the first pitch on opening day this Thursday. California is delaying the start of high school sports, including football, to the middle of flu season because of fears about the coronavirus. Kanye West recently spoke up against abortion during an appearance in South Carolina. West spoke about how his own mother chose life. My mom saved my life. My dad wanted to abort me. checking in on joe biden look one of the things i think is important i wish i wish we taught more in our schools about the islamic faith and finally campus reform makes us reconsider opening schools after all
0: so i was a seventh grade civics uh teacher government teacher and she is an elementary school teacher what year
1: did we get our independence <laughs>
0: yeah. 17 something. We're teachers. I actually don't teach what's in our curriculum. I'm teaching children social studies that's not in our curriculum, I'm teaching them things about how to be an anti racist. I taught them about protesting. I taught them about Black Lives Matter. I-
3: and that's what happened while we were away.
1: Here's Montage brought to you by Simply Safe. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? One that's so complicated you don't ever use it. That's exactly the type of system Simply Safe fights against and because they believe simpler is safer. And it's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security system for right now when feeling safe at home has never been more important. It was designed to be easy to use while protecting your home 24 7. You order it online with a click of a button, open the box when it arrives, place the sensors, plug it in, and that's it. Your home is protected and surveilled around the clock. It's so simple, even I was able to install it when I came to our house several months ago. No technician or salesperson has come or has to come and disrupt your house, and you don't pay outrageous monthly fees. You'll be shocked at how affordable it is it is, nor do you sign some long-term, multi-year contract. All right, we are big fans of this home security system. So, Simply Safe, uh, we can attest to why it was named the best home security system of 2020 by U.S. News and World Report. And their 24/7 professional monitoring and emergency dispatch starts at just 50 cents a day. Head to simplysafe.com/slash/truthbombs. Simply S-I-M-P-L-I. Simplysafe.com/slash/truthbombs and get free shipping plus a 60-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it. Free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it at simplysafecom slash truthbombs. I'm concerned. Okay? I'm very concerned. The... The Trump in a mask thing. I'm I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's not the best color man in the game for nothing, is he, folks?
1: Here, here, here is why I'm concerned, because it comes as sort of an advance, the trailer before the movie, right? <laughs> Hold on, is this loaded? Uh, it it comes. What what what's what's later today, man? What's later today?
2: Press conference.
1: Not just any press conference, Todd. What kind?
2: Task force uh, briefing. Correct.
3: Yeah.
1: It, here, see. Here's the thing. I got a little birdie telling me that the consultants, and you know what I think of GOP consultants. The consultants are all telling Trump and the Republicans that masking up is a 70% issue. And they look stupid for fighting it. See, I I actually agree that they look stupid for fighting it. It's just they don't look as stupid for fighting it as they do for promoting it. You know why? Why? Do, let's go back to the midterm elections. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. I think it's time for a political science class. Okay. Elections are not won by winning a majority of voters. They are not. They are won by winning a majority of the people who vote. And that is a very important distinction. Very important now, the the GOP consultant class doesn't like it when people like me tell you things like that because they don't like people like you. That's why. Name the only presidential candidate to ever win independence in modern polling and lose the election. Do you know who it was? Mitt Romney. And has there anybody been more carefully crafted by consultants in the history of the Republican Party than he? Right? So the consultants hate it when I tell you this. But have you ever have you ever wondered why Democrats get away with never moderating on anything? And your guys are trying to moderate on everything. You ever wondered this? Have you ever wondered this? I'm gonna tell you why. Well, well well, Steve, they don't have to because they have the media. There's actually truth to that, but not for the reason you think. The reason there's truth to that is not because the media commands a monolithic audience of people. All of their ratings are down, all of their readership is down. That's not true. It's that their media works in concert with them on a unified message. So they work together to 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 pry open further the Overton window in the direction they would like it to go. They're of one mind. This is not how it works on the right. Because most of you that pay for programming like this or support programming like this are way to the right of the average person that you've either elected or is, is running the campaign and consulting the, uh, the political fortunes of the Republicans you vote for. You're way to the right of most of these people. Trust me, I know more of them than you. I've gone up against more of them in primaries than all of you have probably. However bad you think it is, I promise you that it's worse than you think it is because I've lived it. And this is why we lack unified messaging. Because if you have a unified message, you can shape the electorate in a way that makes it, who turns out, that that makes who turns out the most favorable to you. And if you're a long-time listener to this show, we are, our show has grown immensely these last few months. We haven't done a lot of the real political analysis because it's irrelevant largely right now with the existential threat facing the country known as panic porn, okay? But if the White House is going to have a briefing on this today, there's no way to not look at this now as a, a, a through a political lens. I think it's time for a reset, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The reality is that I can tell you Looking at the exit pollings, issue priority. I can tell you who won an election before they they call a single state, a single county, a single race. I can look at the issues that were the priority of the electorate in the exit polling, and I can tell you who won. Just by looking at that. Just by looking at that. And then what the issue breakdown was from there. For example, in 2012, I came in here when we were a nighttime show um, uh, for Salem before we moved over here. And when the exit polling showed that a majority of the voters that turned out still blamed George W. Bush for the sluggish economy, that meant the Barack Obama economic message had shaped the electorate and Mitt Romney was going to lose. And he did. He did lose. You can't, if the majority of the people who vote believe, And it doesn't matter if a majority of people believe that. What matters is what the majority of the people who show up to vote believe. That's what matters. See, elections are not about reaching voters, folks. They're about turning them out and mobilizing them. That's what it's about. You can reach all kinds of people you want with your message. If I don't mobilize them to get up off the couch and do something with it, it doesn't matter. Why are sports talk radio stations still amongst the most profitable formats in local talk radio around the country when their audience is dwarfed by the average talk station in every market? Why? Because they may not have the audience share, but the influence they have with that audience is is documented. Sports talk radio listeners buy the stuff that their sports talk station talks about. News talk listeners may be larger in volume, but you might just be tuning in for the for the, the, the traffic report and the forecast on your way home. You may not be invested in the programming at all. So it's not always about audience. It's about influence. Can you move people? I've got far more influence than, than the vast majority of big name conservative talk radio people do in the presidential process. And it has nothing to do with the size of my platform. I couldn't hold their strap, man. I just live in Iowa. And pretty much any activist in a Republican party that you'd want to know, I got them on my cell phone and can get them on a phone in an hour. I can send out an email to 50 people and make life really, really hard for you here. Or make it really easier, one or the other. Because I just have more influence in the process because of where it's centrally located. I don't have the size of the audience to do it. But the reality is, if you don't finish in the top three in Iowa, you're not winning the Republican nomination ever. It's never happened. One guy did it, and he finished fourth by like one-tenth of a percentage point. John McCain. You saw what happened to him in the general election, right? So historically, if you don't finish in the top three in Iowa, you don't win the presidential nomination. And so that gives me a lot more influence over the process than people that have 50 times the platform wattage I do. Now, if you can marry audience and influence, now you're now you're cooking with gas. All right. When you can, this is what we ran up against in the Cruz campaign. We had everything. We had the money, organization. We had people on the ground in these early states like me and Bob Vander Plaats in Iowa. But we ran up against the Rush Limbaugh, Fox News bus saw, and we couldn't overcome it because they both had massive audiences and they turned them out. When they all went, when they both went it all in for Trump, we our goose was cooked. We were just counting days at that point. Couldn't overcome that. When you can move both of those things, then you're a death star without a thermal exhaust port, I should say. And that's what made Barack Obama so difficult to defeat. It's not that he had the media in his back pocket. It's that he could take the message that the media carried the water for him for and then turn out and mobilize voters with it. And then you saw what happened when he was not on the ballot in 2010, 2014. They, they had all the same media advantages in those elections. But without him on the ballot directly turning people out, what happened? They got We annihilated them in those elections. So go back to 2018. Do you guys remember, I kept saying over and over again, if healthcare is the number one issue in this campaign, the Republicans are going to lose. Remember? Yeah. They can't win that argument. Can't win the argument. It, it's, I've used this example before. When, whenever we wanted to change the subject or somebody had the bright idea in the Cruz campaign, hey, I think we've exhausted immigration. Let's attack Marco Rubio on something else. I'd scream, no, 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 no. Why stop beating somebody at what you know you can beat them at? This isn't. This is a campaign, not an experiment. I don't want to find out if if he's what, what else we can beat him on. When I know we can always beat him on this, because even if his answer on an immigration issue is better than ours, getting Marco Rubio talking about immigration was a loser for him. Ever since he stood up with the gang of eight, could never get over that objection. So let's park your car right there, man. That's free parking. That's like the monopoly board. You just roll that, you roll that number every time and just land on the money every time. Don't ever leave that space. Just stay there you can't lose why would you want to leave an argument you cannot lose when the republicans failed to repeal obamacare they handed the issue back to the democrats because they took ownership of all of obamacare's foibles and then pissed off their own base by not keeping a promise they had made in over 52 show votes for five years and now they had the worst of both worlds the, the very issue that launched them to power in the Obama years, Obamacare, turned out, turned they jujitsued themselves with it and it, they turned it into their own kryptonite when it should have been their power ring. And I promise you, everywhere you look in 2018's midterms, everywhere in, that healthcare was a top issue, Republicans lost, everywhere. In every issue, in every, in every election that, that, that a seat turned, healthcare was the number one issue. When I went back and tried to figure out how Trump pulled this thing off in 2012, first thing I went and looked at was the issue exit polling. I'm sorry, 2016. First thing I looked at was the issue exit polling. And we saw something we've never seen in the issue exit polling. Judicial nominations was the number two issue behind only the economy. It had never been given that level of favorability in a national election before. It was the number two issue behind only the economy and Trump won those voters by about 25 points. Which means if you were going to vote on judicial nominations, you were voting for Donald Trump. And that was the second most mobilizing issue of 2016. So, fast forward now to November 3rd. If whether or not to wear a mask... If, if, if your thoughts on masks as a mitigation strategy against coronavirus, if that is a top three issue, in November 16, on November 3rd, there is no way Donald Trump is winning re-election. No way. No way. It's not his party's issue. And this is always what the consultants tell you to do. <clears throat> the consultants always tell you to alienate the people that you think you can turn out in order to placate people you probably never can. This is always their game. Some of them are just because they're bad at this. Others, because they hate people like us. And the last thing they want to do is have people like us empowered. Because you want to hear the awful truth? Why not? I'm on a roll. Far more consultants in the Republican Party are like Rick Wilson than my friend Jason Johnson, who was just on our roundtable Friday. And it ain't even close, guys. It ain't even close, man. It's a hundred to one guys. It's a hundred to one. It's not even close, man, I promise you. Rick Wilson's not the anomaly. One of my best friends, Jason Johnson, he's the anomaly. If mask, if whether or not to mask. Or there should be a national mask mandate. If that is a top issue in the exit polling on November the 3rd, mark it down. I promise you Donald Trump will not win that election because he can't win that argument. It's a lot. That argument's a loss for him because the people that really buy into the mask idolatry are never voting for him ever. Never, no matter what he does. The amount of people that are just kind of nonplussed about it one way or the other. They won't vote on the issue because they're nonplussed about it one way or the other. They don't care. Hey, I'll put on a mask to go to this store. Maybe it helps. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know if it does. I guess I'll. I, it can't hurt anything, so I'll try it. If that's how you feel about it, you're not voting on that issue because you don't feel strongly about it. So there's only two kinds of people who feel strongly about this. The people who this has turned into their, their their totem, their maypole, their pan idol, the, the virtue signal of all to, to the mother of all virtue signals, one virtue signal to rule them all or people who think that it's some ultimate symbol of oppression from the deep state. Those are the only two people voting on a mask mandate. And if you try to split the middle classic Republican Party play. Try to pick a hot button. You know why Trump got elected? Because he didn't find, he didn't try to split the baby in half on hot button issues. He he said, tell those sons of bitches to stand up for the anthem. That's what he said. Send the rapists and murderers back to Mexico. That's what he said. And yeah, he got all the blowback for it, but he got the reward at the same time. You cannot be in a lukewarm hell with hot button issues. Choose a side. Trump would be better off full-blown lecturing you to wear a mask than to make it some passive-aggressive, patriotic, do-it-of-your-own-accord statement. It just pisses off your own people, and it still doesn't placate the people that want you to be forcibly masked, and that's even before they forcibly vaccinate you forever. It's a non-winning argument. Cannot be won because you're in a lukewarm hell, and in politics, that's the worst place to be. Now, if returning to normal life, getting America's economy going, if those are top three issues on election day and a mask mandate is not, Trump could win that election. Absolutely. He could, even despite how bad the numbers are right now, because he's running against a guy
0: who's insane.
1: Who literally just invited an ACLU lawsuit. I think we ought to use our schools to teach Islam. That's when they're not too dangerous to be open. And did I mention, I don't know who the hell I am right now. Okay? Because at best, he's running for a candidate that either shows functional autism could maybe work at advanced age, or it's just flat out dementia riddled in the brain. So despite how bad the numbers are now, he's got some margin for error to come back. But that tweet ain't the message to do it. I promise you it's not. And and I'm not anti-mask. I'm not. If you showed me a controlled random study that they work, then I would change my message to let's mask up and take our damn country back. Then stop shutting everything down. They work. But they don't have that data. So I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. And they don't even want it, by the way. Like you even make the offer. they They don't even want a random study. Well, why not? Why don't you want a controlled study on this? Maybe because before this pandemic, every controlled study on this question we did showed they don't work. Could that be why you don't want it? Maybe. I don't know. But I'm willing to follow the data. Are you? You want me to follow the science? Let's do it. Let's have a random sampled controlled study. In fact, we can do one right here in the United States right now. All 49 other states do a mask mandate. Georgia, Georgia's governor says he's going not going to enforce one in the, on the whole state. Georgia doesn't mask up. The other 49 states do. Let's see what happens. That, that would be a control, form of a controlled study, right? Sure. Sure. That's one way to do it. Why don't you want one? But I'm afraid for what's coming later today if this is the message that they're leading off with. You can't win. Listen, Napoleon was right. You can't win a two-front war. There's been one nation really in the history of this world that won a two-front war. We did it in World War II. But we also had to create a weapon that the world had never seen in order to pull that one off. Two-front wars don't work. You can't fight your own base, Mitt Romney, John McCain, Donald Trump. You cannot fight your own base at the same time you're fighting the Democrats. Trump... Trump's mass message is like Mitt Romney saying, I'm not going to have a Chick-fil-A sandwich because that's not a part of my campaign. While millions of people are lined up outside of Chick-fil-A standing for liberty and freedom and private property rights and conscience. OK, it is such a it's such a terrible disconnect of it's such a show that either he doesn't know where his own base is or he thinks you guys will just vote for him no matter what stupidity he does. One or the other. But he wouldn't be the first Republican to make both of those mistakes. And the ones that do
2: never win,
1: ever. They never win, never have, and they never will. Because that's not how this process works, period. And that has me afraid for what is coming later today. Because if this is the leadoff, that we're going to try some kind of passive aggressive, middling, lukewarm hell. No, you won't. No, you, you can try it, but it won't work. And Confucius say, man who straddle fence for too long eventually gets nether regions caught in it. More in a moment. You know, getting into the real estate market can be stressful in any way economic environment. Um, One of the most stressful things we've ever done as a couple was when we were selling the home we were in and trying to buy a new one at the same time and then balance those two things. And you're at the mercy of, of people on the other side of the equation on both sides of the spectrum. I I don't know how we would have handled it and kept our sanity without the agent we had. Uh, Scott was his name. And that was, that was 14 years ago now. And uh, still see Scott around town, say hello at community events and stuff like that. If I ever need another agent here locally, he's the first call I'm making for sure. And if you get an agent like that you can trust, man, make sure you hold on to them. But how do you find them? Because if you go on a, a real estate agent's website, they're not just going to put there. You know, man, if if I don't sell your home in like 30 days, I'm probably going to lose interest and put all my attention on people that you know are going to give me a commission. They're not just going to say that they're not going to just put on their website. Hey, you know, my marketing plan is we're just going to have these endless open houses that you immaculately have your home cleaned and updated for and three people show up until, uh, you know, maybe we get lucky and a buyer arrives on our doorstep. They're not just going to say that. That's why you want to find a real estate agent that's been vetted. Here's where you can go. Name of the website says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's where you can go to find an agent that when you decide to go into a market that's as uncertain as this one is, you go in with an agent that is all in for you. And you're going to find them at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Name of the book, Disloyal Opposition. How the Never Trump Right Tried and Failed to Take Down the President. And I have been following the author's work the last few months uh, on pushing back on the panic porn of coronavirus. And Julie Kelly is here with us from American Greatness. It's good to have you with us on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Julie, how are you?
4: Good, Steve. Thanks so much for having me on today. I
1: appreciate it. You bet. It's a pleasure to have you with us. So why why did you choose to write this book?
4: I've been, unfortunately, following the Never Trump movement for the past three years or so. And it was born out of my interest and, honestly, admiration For a few of the never Trumpers, including Bill Kristol, who I followed for years, subscribed to the weekly standard. And I was honestly just shocked at his, uh, how much he was demeaning and criticizing the president. But it kind of spawned a whole different criticism, which is Bill Kristol and the people that I identify in my book, not just attacking Donald Trump, but attacking Republican lawmakers who support him um, and Trump support rank-and-file Republicans and conservatives who have supported these people's work for decades. So that's why I continue to follow them. I catalog all of their activity for the past four years, including the fact that they were the first perpetrators of the Russian collusion hoax. I go into how they originally seeded that story and worked with the Democrats and the media to perpetuate the collusion hoax. And then all the other antics they've been up to, including uh, siding with the left and the Democrats and the character assassination of Brett Kavanaugh, going after the Covington Catholic high school kids, and of course, endorsing impeachment. And now they're all in trying to oust Donald Trump from the White House in November and elect Joe Biden
1: here's why i wanted to have you on to discuss this because i was somebody who identified as never trump in 2016 and there was a group of us um that worked in the free the delegates movement you had i mean ken Cuccinelli, who's now in the administration worked the floor of the convention uh on our behalf with that uh mike lee uh, who's you know, hardly some left-winger, uh, moderate, was, is who was uh, trying to you know, call for points of order during the convention on that. Um, there were, among us, people who have a long history of supporting uh, ideologically conservative causes, not just the technocratic Cato Institute stuff, but like immigration, life, family, Shapiro, Beck, I, you know, on a smaller level, I put myself there just from a, pl- a platform standpoint. And I just didn't have any trust whatsoever, having gotten to know Donald Trump, frankly, in the primary process. I didn't have any belief that he would actually follow through on all the stuff he was saying. Uh When he got elected, I came on the air the next day and said, hey, I'm going to respect the will of the people. And now it's about, you know, I hope that he's successful. I'm not going to sit here and like root against my own audience and root against the president being successful. When he does what I like, I'm going to support it. And when he doesn't, I won't. I'll treat him like I would anybody else that was in office. What has fascinated me, though, is I began to notice the dynamic that you're talking about. okay? Um, and with some of the people that you're talking about. Um, I never, ever thought I'd see David French write in National Review that, you know, the price of freedom is drag queen story time hour. I never thought Bill Kristol would oppose tax cuts. Right, I mean, th- these are things that in, in past lives, the men were talking about and the people were talking. I mean, I knew Rick Wilson was a tool all along because 95% of Republican consultants do, are, they suck and hate people like us. So I'm not shocked at that. But there are some people in here that, in the, that suddenly decided that everything they wrote about and talked about for years predating when I got into this line of work, suddenly now was null and void because orange man bad. And I have been fascinated to somewhere between fascinated to disgusted by why someone would think the answer to your concern that Donald Trump is going to morph the Republican Party into something you don't recognize is to let them turn around and let Donald Trump determine your own value system. Doesn't that make you exactly what you claim to oppose, Julie? I'm fascinated by that.
4: And that's such a great point, Steve, is that um, they've they've gone above and beyond the same criticism they level at the president, which is uh, name calling and mean tweets and demeaning people. Uh, They've taken that to a whole different level. And to your point, someone like David French, who I catalog in my book, um, going after evangelicals warning them that they are going to have their day of reckoning for supporting Donald Trump, that they're not good Christians, that they're not following the Bible. This weekend, he wrote a preposterous column suggesting that Christians, evangelical Christians, were defying one of the commandments by believing in coronavirus conspiracy theories and bearing false witness. This is a man who has perpetuated the collusion hoax, defended the dossier, gone after people like Devin Nunes, Mike Flynn, Carter Page, in his pursuit of legitimizing the Russian collusion. And here he is telling Christians that they are not following the Bible because they have different thoughts about what perhaps the political motivations of what's happening with coronavirus, which I know you and I have talked about and written about extensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so. To To your point, Steve, though, there were a lot of legitimate concerns about Donald Trump early on, his conservative credentials. He was tied to Democrats. He was tied to the Clintons. So I think initially there was legitimate suspicions about how he would govern. But a lot of us, like you and I, after he after we voted for him and he was elected, wanted to back him, realizing, and as he started off early on, realizing that he would keep his promises and govern as a conservative. But there was a small group that continued to stand in his way to profit off of being uh, anti-Trump conservative, so to speak. And that's still their shtick today.
1: What's the motivation? Is it is it just as, as banal, banal? Depending on how you're pronouncing the word today, as I, I just like being on TV a lot, or what 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 is driving this to you're now adopting positions that in a previous life you never adopted, and and I mean come on man, I mean Mitt Romney. It, what did John McCain once say about him? He feels passionately about both sides of every issue. I mean we're going to talk about you know suddenly Donald Trump's a bridge too far. I mean Mitt Romney signed into law. Taxpayer-funded abortion in 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 Romney care. I mean, he shut down Catholic charities over gay adoptions ten years before we had any of the debates about religious freedom that we're having right now. That's the other thing I don't understand is how come when certain elements of conservative media play stenographer in covering the foibles of the wing of the movement or the Republican Party that that you're that, that that you're the grifter for, it's totally okay. But another group comes along and plays the same some of the same game against you and beats you at it. Suddenly now it's a scam and it's corruption and it's got to be uprooted. I got to call BS on that too, frankly.
4: Well, exactly. And you bring up Mitt Romney and you bring up John McCain, two of the leading anti-never-Trumpers on Capitol Hill. I talk about how John McCain worked as hard as he could in the first two years of Trump's administration to oppose not just the president, but his agenda. Now we have Mitt Romney picking up that mantle. And what a stab in the back to tens of millions of us who voted for both McCain and Romney, who took on our own criticism, were called all kinds of names for supporting both of them, because remember, they were racist, they were sexist, uh, they were maligned by the left and Democrats, some of the same criticisms that they now are leveling against Donald Trump. So to watch both of them um, work with the Democrats against the president and the Republican party, which is really why I call it disloyal opposition, Not legitimate criticism. But I want to get back to what you're asking, a question I get a lot. Why are they doing it? I mean, Steve, on what planet would anyone listen to anything that Jennifer Rubin has to say Mm -hmm. or Max Booth or Rick Wilson? I mean, Rick Wilson was a washed up nobody uh, until he resuscitated himself as this anti-Trump so-called conservative. And most of them are getting paid by the left. We've seen the past few weeks where the Lincoln Project's money is coming from, not the left or coming from the left and not the right. I also talk about that in my book for a lot of Bill Kristol's Never Trump Nonprofits, uh, where a left-wing tech billionaire, the founder of eBay, has poured millions of dollars into his projects to give this fake impression that there are a lot of Republicans and conservatives opposed to Donald Trump. It's just their shtick. Uh, that's what they're paid to do.
1: So where does this conversation go from here? What's the next step of its evolution?
4: In terms of what happens to Never Trump, regardless of who wins. Yeah, like let's see what happens.
1: Let me let me let me make it a little bit more specific. When Donald Trump exits stage left. And and we're sooner to that happening than later, regardless of the outcome of the election. He's pushing 80 years old. This is this is not going to be whether he gets reelected to a second term or not. This isn't just look at his age. Right. He's not going to be some 20 year elder statesman here, you know, hovering in the shadows or with his personality. I can't see him hovering in the shadows, period. But he's not he doesn't have a long political shelf life. But the fissures that have been opened here. Right. They, I think, do. So when the name Donald Trump exits stage left from public life. What happens?
4: I think that's a question that a lot of people on both sides are considering, um, because I think too, and you'll probably agree with this, Steve. Despite what disagreements you might have with his temperament, Donald Trump has exposed the failures of the conservative movement. Totally agree. The failures yep. of the of establishment Republicanism. Mm-hmm. How we are going to take this new Trumpified, reconfigured Republican Party and fight this destructive, divisive left that wants to tear down the country with the help of never Trump, I have to add. Um, And so I think when he exits, how he exits, his legacy is going to be a reconfigured Republican Party that does not include a lot of the people that we're talking about right now. And so I think that that is going to be, uh, you know, how Donald Trump has impacted the party and the movement for and this will continue into the future.
1: Totally agree with that, Julie. I think regardless of whatever you think of Donald Trump, what you just said there is very true. And and most of the Republican leadership thinks that when Trump, this is a temporary temper tantrum people just got caught up in a cult of, of of personality and celebrity and when donald trump is gone they're going to go back to George Allen kind of candidates. They're just Mitt Romney, consultant, contrived kinds of candidates. I pro- I've done a lot of battle over the years with the Republican Party leadership. This is exactly, I promise you, what they're thinking. And, I will, and they're going to try it. Absolutely, they're going to try it. I'll be fascinated to see what the Republican base does when they do, whether they allow the Republican Party to put the genie back in the bottle or not. I've got about two minutes. I want to give you a chance to answer that. Go ahead.
4: I think that that's exactly right, the battle moving forward. I mean, you look at the cowardly, feckless Senate Republicans right now, really under the leadership of Mitch McConnell, who have bypassed so many opportunities to expose the Democrats and the left, particularly Russiagate and Gate. just miss the boat every single time, still refusing to back the president right now, being mostly quiet. On what's happening in inner cities and the destruction of property and monuments not backing the president trying to bring law and order Um, I do think Steve the Alabama primary was interesting Jeff Sessions not just lost he was roundly and soundly defeated and I think that that was not just a backlash a little bit against uh, establishment GOP and I know there's a lot of disagreements on people of our side but it was a repudiation of we don't want you people back in power, especially someone who is complicit in allowing this Russian collusion and Robert Mueller probe to continue on. So I think there are some positive signs of how we are going to continue to oust these do-nothing establishment Republicans, the George Allen types, you know, the John Kasich types who's reemerging, even the Mitt Romney types. That's going to be the battle ahead. And so I think that people like us just have to keep, um, you know, calling out the establishment Republicans, especially in the Senate uh, GOP, and making sure that they don't, replace Trump or Trumpism in this party because they will go along with the Democrats every time as we've seen in the past and we're seeing right now.
1: Name of the book, Disloyal Opposition, How the Never Trump Right Tried and Failed to Take Down the President. Uh, I would assume available bookstores everywhere, but Amazon, I'm looking at uh, Julie Kelly's Amazon page right now. She's definitely a worthy Twitter follower, has some really good uh, poignant commentary, and doesn't pull any punches. And whether I agree or not all the time, I like people that don't pull punches. So, Julie, it's a pleasure finally getting you on the show. All right, take care. God bless. Good luck with the book.
4: Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Steve.
1: You bet. Um, we are going to do fake news or not at the top of next hour. How much time do I have here, Aaron? Uh, you have about a minute. Okay. Very quickly, I want to go back to the mask mandate issue and the president wearing one in a tweet. It, 70% people, if you buy the, poll, the, the the Republican Insider polling, that masks are a 70% approval issue. I don't buy that, but let me just assume that it is. okay. Who's in the other 30%? They're all Trump voters. Is there a single Joe Biden that's in the other 30% I'm against a mask mandate? Two, think so. three. In the whole country, right? So you're risking alienating all of, uh, uh, that's all your base right there. And then the people that are really driven to have it, to want a mask mandate are never voting for you no matter what. And then the 20 to 30% of the people in the middle don't care. They just think, hey, maybe masks are a good idea if it stops the virus, cool, but I'm not like voting on it. Hell, I don't know how I'm voting. I don't know why, Right. That's what I was trying to say earlier, why this is a loss leader issue, an unwinnable issue for Trump to try to split the baby in half. Hour two is next. with our two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with aaron mcintyre and todd erzin all of you as well i want to thank julie kelly from american greatness for joining us 888-900-3393 is the number 888-900-3393 steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us like us on facebook follow us on twitter at Steve Dace Show Parlor. We're there too, at Steve Dace, and then YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. You can subscribe to our relatively new YouTube channel and get free stuff, free clips of this show each and every day for you to sample and then share with others. If you're a podcast listener, thank you. Uh, We appreciate you carving out some time when you have the time uh, for us, Uh, but we would also appreciate it if you'd click that subscribe button. The more that you do so, it helps the show to grow. What helps it even more than that are those five-star reviews. So if you have not yet left us one and you dig it, what are you waiting on? If you have already left us one, first of all, thank you. Consider leaving us nine more. Um, I don't know if that works or not, but I'm... I'm willing to give it a shot. And, you know, I'm really big into if I'm going to ask the audience to do something, to follow through on my own. So a few of you have pointed this out to me and thought it was somebody trolling me. No, I I actually left myself a five-star review. I just thought, is that okay?
2: Have you seen the other things that people say are okay these days? So sure, slide it right in. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: yes, that was me leaving myself a five-star review i mean i i have i've already been on record i love me some me and i thought our show was especially lit as the kids say these days that day so i really was inspired by myself to give myself a five-star review right and i'm all about your coattails so 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 have you have you guys gone on there yet and left us a five-star review every single day boss so no Every single day, yeah, yeah. So no, well, you, should, you too should consider leaving us five star reviews under your actual names too, please. Okay, so people know that it's you. Okay, so so I know that it's you.
3: <laughs> Literally going to leave a review right now that says I'm just here so I don't get fired.
1: Nice. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah.
3: Thank you, beast mode. All right, hey, um,
1: man. I'm having some voice issues today. My bad. I have gotten um, this email to me probably about 400 times. And I'm only slightly exaggerating. And I want to address something before we get to fake news or not. All right. Um, It's not quite to the level of the amount of times we got emailed about that pandemic documentary. And we talked about that at the time, but it's close. And I have watched this. It is an interview That a Midland, Texas doctor by the name of Richard Bartlett gave to a local television affiliate down there about his successful treatments of COVID-19 by treating it like a serious asthma. And as someone who was seriously asthmatic as a child, I'm familiar with all the terminology, the pulmicort, nebulizer, all these things he mentions in the video, right? I've done a lot of these things, had had been treated with a lot of these things. My own son who's asthmatic has been treated with a lot of these things. And so it's similar to hydroxychloroquine. I, I don't know whether it works or not, but these are products that have been on the market for decades. They're certainly not harmful to human beings, Okay. And, and so I found the results, I found him very credible. I found the results that he was getting, treating uh, COVID-19 as as a serious respiratory inflammation, like an asthma. Um, I found it to be very promising. And I did watch the entire video. I sent it to you guys, right? You guys have watched it as well. I um, instructed Todd, who books for the show, uh, you know, 75% 75% of the time I just leave it up to Todd to to book stuff it's ra- rare that something I'll go to him and say hey let's do this okay because it got on my radar before his this is one of those times though that I did and so that maybe I can cut down on some of the emails of this I want to say on the show we have tried for a week to get Richard Bartlett on this program and my understanding Todd is you connect with him he agrees to do it right away and then refers you to his sister that handles his public relations, right? Yes. Or PR. And then she flakes out on us. And this has happened two or three times now, right? Yes. Okay. Um. So you can stop emailing this to me. I, 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 I know who this guy is. Uh, he's on my radar. I've watched the video. It is promising. But this is now different because we're getting into a specific medical treatment and not a public policy. I'm fine carrying the mail or carrying the water on a public policy issue. I think I'm fully qualified to do that on virtually any issue or I can get myself up to speed to be virtually qualified to do it. Um, But now we're getting into specific medical treatments and pathologies and prognoses and I am not comfortable just immediately linking to something or promoting something until I've had a chance to uh, vet because I also think if you watch the interview, and I know many of you have, cause you keep emailing it to me. If you watch the interview, the woman who does the interview does a very good job. But I also think that she was, was a little bit caught off guard by a lot of the information that he presented as somebody who grew up asthmatic, who has been in, who's been, um, hospitalized numerous times as a child for asthma, um, At least five times I can remember as a kid that I was admitted into the hospital for asthma. Um, And, you know, my son has had similar issues, just not as chronic as mine. I'm very familiar with this stuff. So there's some questions that I think maybe I I can think of to ask him from a layman's perspective that the woman who didn't do the, uh, didn't in the initial interview, because she's learning all this firsthand for the first time. I've lived some of the things he's talked about. So, before I go out there recommending this and linking to this and putting it on my Facebook page, because we're getting into specific treatments now, I want a chance to kind of size him up in more of a doctor-patient uh, role, because we're, we're not discussing public policy now. We're getting into specific medical treatments. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I've not commented on it. That's why you've not seen me link to it or discuss it on the show, or we haven't played it on the show, is because we want to get him on the show. I want to I want to get to know him myself before we go down that road. We have tried now for over a week. I've told Todd at this point we're not trying anymore. I mean we're not going to try to promote his treatment more than he wants it to be promoted. Uh, I've referred him to people I know that serve in public office um, and, and other people to see what they can find out. They have run into some similar stumbling blocks with his sister so I don't know if she thinks her brother is a quack and it is trying to save him from himself or if uh, I, I don't know and I, I don't care um, I hope it I hope it's great and successful I'm trying to get the word out to you we have tried for well over a week and gotten nowhere so you can stop emailing me about Dr. Bartlett uh, I'm a, he's on my radar I've tried to get a hold of him. We just have not been successful making that connection, okay? So, anybody out there knows him? He wants to come back to us and say, hey, I don't know what's going on with, uh, with Big Sis, but I'd love to come on. We'll put him on, for sure. I want to talk to him. But, I mean, I you know, I mean, this isn't Quincy. You know, I don't know why I need to go through a press team or anything else. Uh, I mean, I just and who the hell is the sister? I don't even know that either. So this has kind of gotten ridiculous. Yes. And You've been the one that trying to handle this, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, and it's, I and it's gotten ridiculous. Booked. He booked himself. Yeah. So what more can be done?
1: So that's why. Because now, now I've got some of you double backing. Hey, I can't believe you're not looking into this. Well, I have uh, well over a week ago, actually. And that's where we're at. Let's get to fake news or not. Brought to you by Omega XL. If you are struggling with back pain, knee pain, neck, shoulder pain, uh, any kind of joint uh, discomfort, uh, stiff joints, muscle pain, uh, the underlying cause could very well be inflammation. And if you want to defeat inflammation, you need to do so with a product backed by 35 years of clinical research before you risk that inflammation causing permanent damage. That product, with all of that clinical research, behind it. Omega XL. It attacks the inflammation that's causing your pain. It's a part of my post-workout recovery, my regimen. I love this stuff. I just asked for a refill yesterday, in fact. So if you want to get, you want to get started on reducing the amount of pain and inflammation in your body, you're suffering with those aches, aches, pains, joint stiffness, and that stuff just happens as we get older as well. Let's get you started right now on Omega XL. All right. Buy one, buy one bottle right now, get a second bottle for free when you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. One more time, that website is OmegaXL.com slash Steve. For those of you that want to make a phone call, because that's easier, 800-844-4888. That's 800- 844-4888. 800- 800-844. 844 48. 88. All right. Let's get to it. Fake news or not. We have a collection of clips from Trump's recent Sunday appearance with Chris Wallace on Fox News. All right. Let's begin with what we were just talking about last hour. Trump on masks
5: our masks. From the first day that the CDC said that people should wear masks on April 3rd, you said you weren't going to. You wore a mask for the first time in public at Walter Reed this weekend. Question: The CDC says if everybody wore a mask for four to six weeks, we could get this under control. Do you regret not wearing a mask in public from the start? And would you consider, will you consider a national mandate that people need to wear Masks.
6: no i want people to have a certain freedom and i don't believe in that no and i don't agree with the statement that if everybody wear a mask everything disappears hey dr fauci said don't wear a mask our surgeon general terrific guy said don't wear a mask everybody was saying don't wear a mask well, all of a sudden everybody's got to wear a mask and as you know masks cause problems too with that being said i'm a believer in masks i think masks are good
1: aaron you get to go first and you get to go first because you're the one married to a healthcare worker. So your thoughts,
3: fake news or not? All right. Some background here. Usually I edit all of these clips just for time and brevity. Today we had some other stuff going on and some pre-taping and stuff like that. So I just ran out of time. And so I screened them a little bit, but I didn't listen intently to them. So this is the first time I'm hearing this clip. So I'm editing live on the air here. He literally just outlined the whole reason undermining the efficacy of masks. The same people saying don't wear masks are now saying wear masks. What changed? Did the science change in three months? Did all the science from the last 15 to 20 years on masks change in the last three months? And then he goes on to say, but having said all of that, uh, I'm a big believer in masks. Total fake news. If this is a preview of tonight, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. I mean, it's like it's like driving with the brakes on R- literally like he goes after Fauci a little bit there. And he goes after the hypocrisy of the of, of Fauci and the, the surgeon, the poor surgeon general. And then he goes and said, well, but at the end of the day, yeah, um, I actually think what they're saying now is right. I, I just don't, I don't understand it. So you think it's fake news? It's fake news.
2: OK. What do you it's so interesting the psychology we bring to this on any given day. I, he, Aaron's absolutely right. If this is tonight, it is utterly fake news. As an answer to that question, I could see Trump doing far, far worse. I mean, he actually pointed out specifically how Fauci himself, the Lord Fauci, first pitch Fauci, was wrong. So I will actually say it's a very low bar, but not.
1: I think you're both right, actually. Yeah. I, I think you're both right. Aaron is right. Substantively, the answer is beyond self-refuting, maddening, self-refutation, self right? It, it. But politically, that's a far more effective... Going back to what I just said last hour, I think this is what you're addressing. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron addressed the substance. I think you addressed the politics of it. Um, going back to what I said last hour, this is far more effective messaging on this than that tweet was, Okay its It doesn't help Trump whatsoever to be seen virtue signaling on the mask at all. Calling it a symbol of patriotism and stuff like that doesn't help him at all. Only hurts him. All right? Just drives a wedge right down his base. But that answer right there, I think politically is very smart. Hey, maybe they work. I don't know. I'm not anti-mask. You know, but... There's reasons why people don't think they work, and it's some of the things people in my own administration have said, right? The answer itself actually had a certain amount of self-awareness to it. All right. Before, as Aaron points out, he refutes that self yes. awareness at the end. Oh, yeah. But politically, that's far smarter. He has affirmed his base's suspicions and then throws a bone to people who thinks it's a somewhat reasonable half measure. Right? Yes. Okay. So I found that answer to be far more effective than the tweet that was in Aaron's montage, which is an excellent way to drive a wedge right down the middle of your base, in my view.
2: Yeah, that was my standard. It was better than that tweet. All right. Clip
1: number two. Trump on anthony fauci
5: ask the question sir why on earth would your administration be involved in a campaign at this point to discredit dr fauci who is the nation's top infectious disease expert
6: because we're not if one man from my administration doesn't like him because he made a few mistakes look dr fauci said don't wear a mask Dr. Fauci told me not to ban China would be a big mistake. I did it over and above his recommendation. Dr. Fauci then said you saved tens of thousands of lives more than that. He said you saved tens of thousands of lives. Dr. Fauci has made some mistakes, but I have a very good I spoke to him yesterday at length. I have a very good relationship
5: with Dr. Fauci. But but sir, this. Week this weekend, your White House put out a series of statements, so-called mistakes that Dr. Fauci has, had made. One of your closest aides, one of your right-hand men, Daniel Daniel Scavina, put out this. <laughs> have you seen this? Well, this doctor, part doctor, Dr Doctor Doctor Fawcett shows him as a leaker and an alarmist. Oh, I don't know that. Why, it's a leaker. Why would he he's do a little that? bit
6: of an alarmist? That's okay. A little bit he's of an a alarmist. An, I'm an alarmist. A little bit of an alarmist.
2: Todd, you go first this time. What do you think? It's fake news because it it's clear that Trump is doing what I suspected he's doing all along. And Steve has pointed out that there's really, there's no good in him doing this, which I don't disagree with. But he's just keeping him there as an enemy to keep it closer instead of letting him off. He, he clearly has all kinds of differences of opinion with Dr. Fauci, but he just doesn't want to let him off the reservation. Aaron, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I think it's fake news. I don't know. I mean, it's it sounds it, it strikes to me in this specific instance and in this specific context, when you have a guy like Dr. Fauci, who has essentially for the vast majority of uh, of the last six months, ruddered United States domestic federal policy, really yeah. the vast majority of it. He's yep. been the rudder saying that somebody in that position is a little bit of an alarmist is like saying somebody who's pregnant is just a little bit of pregnant and it doesn't make any sense. It's fake news. It's obvious as Todd, I think was alluding to that they have all sorts of disagreement. Just say it, just say it. God, he's he's doing you no he's he's doing you no uh, favors whatsoever. Keeping him close anymore is not doing you any favors. You could make the argument that maybe it was back in April and May, and to a lesser extent in June, but right now uh, he's. You got to cut him loose. You got to cut him loose.
2: And it's also fake news because it accepts a premise right at the beginning. He's the leading expert. He's yeah. not, let's say for the sake of argument, he's got some things wrong, but this was hard and he actually is an expert. Let's grant we, Stanford, Oxford, he's not the, I mean, that's what we've deified him. He has no sense. That's why he knowledge. should be cut loose. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. Because there's. I, I don't see any benefit to keeping him now. You gain nothing. You get, you're getting all the same blowback, but if you go down the road of discrediting him, you go, you, and he still is a part of your team. You're getting all the same blowback but, by yeah, discrediting him, and you're still letting him into your ecosystem to pollute your own base. Isn't it clear right? to you after
2: that? that he's Trump either on your team opposite, or he's not. That Trump thinks yes. he has to keep him close, otherwise, all yeah, yeah. oh, that. And I
1: just disagree with that. I, either he's t- on your team or he is not. I would banish him to Rick Wilson land and just have him be on all the same shows. And after we, and after our, our Never Trump panel, here is Anthony Fauci. And Anthony Fauci is next on why Trump is killing people, and he's only going to talk to those people who are never voting for you already. Agreed. Why you're letting him talk to the people who might makes no sense to me. You're right. And then you're pissing off the people who will definitely will because they hate his guts because they're paying attention to the fact the guy's a fraud. And you're pissing them off by giving him an audience to your own base who wants you to show some balls and get rid of a guy Mm -hmm. that's clearly a tumor. Right? Yes. I agree. I'm with you. All right.
5: Trump on the mental fitness for the office. Respectfully, in the Fox poll, they asked people, Who is more competent? Who's got, whose mind is sounder? Biden beats
6: you in that. Well, I tell you what, uh, let's take a test. Let's take a test right now. Let's go down. Joe and I will take a test. Let him take the same test that I took.
5: Incidentally, <laughs> I took the test, too, when I heard that you passed it. Yeah, how did it's you not do the hard, well, It's not the hardest test. No, but it the is, last it's a picture, and it's a last and it's an elephant. No, no, no you see, that's all misrepresentation. <laughs> well, that's what it was on the
6: web. It's all misrepresentation, because, yes, the first few questions are easy, <laughs> but I'll bet you
3: couldn't even answer the last five. What is this? Doggy. <laughs> For those of you listening, what you could not see is a picture of the actual test, and it's got like drawings of animals on it, which is—it's like something that a preschooler, or kindergartner would do.
1: Now, in fairness, when he took the test, Biden thought the alligator was actually Islam and wanted it taught in schools. Aaron, fake news or not, I think we—you've you've given
3: us a lean. It, it it doesn't like it, it doesn't matter who's more mentally sound. I mean, as long as schools aren't opened and they're not teaching what doggies look like and uh, what Islam is, it, it doesn't matter who is more mentally sound. So it's fake news. The whole premise of this is fake news. It doesn't matter who's more mentally sound, because even the guy with dementia is going to seem and feel and look more mentally sound than the guy who is not cheering for reopening schools. Todd, Pat. All right. You got
1: it. All right, Trump claims Biden will cancel religion.
6: The people, the radical left people that's around him, will call religion will be gone. Okay, life—you could forget about that. The whole question of life, Supreme Court. When you Court, say life,
5: you mean abortion.
6: Absolutely, 100%. That whole question, which is a very, you know, it's always been a 50-50 been. thing. It's actually trending a little bit more toward one when side. you say religion
5: now. is going to be gone, what does that
2: mean?
6: Oh. Look at what they're doing to the churches. They won't let the churches even open if they want to stand in a field six feet apart. We've had churches that wanted to stand in fields six feet apart. There has no. never been an administration that's done so much as I have, from tax cuts to regular cuts to rebuilding the military to getting choice for the vets nobody's done the things i've done nobody in three and a half years no other president's been able to do what i've done what
1: do you think todd fake news or not
2: It's it's fake news. It's not a good enough answer for this time. You early on, this is Okay, Yeah, you're showing me something, Trump. It's all right. We can work with this. That that was years ago. Now you the man for this moment has got to have a better answer for that. It's totally defensive. You need to go on offense. Rules for Patriots. Read it. I think you endorsed it.
1: Actually, I, I endorsed it, sent him the endorsement, that, that's and right. then he that's said, right. you can go ahead and put that under my name. That's actually what happened. So
3: Beautiful endorsement. Never it was, seen an endorsement that I thought like it was the before. best endorsement I've yeah. ever
1: seen. I would agree. Yeah.
3: All right. um, Aaron, Leith. so you You give I, yourself five-star reviews, though. Yeah. So, as far as the... Uh, Maybe we have more in
1: common than I thought this entire time. <laughs>
3: <yeah>. <laughs> go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. Um, so, as far as the claim that uh, they're going to cancel religion, you know... Uh, I don't know if this is still true, but uh, China, they've canceled religion or done their best to cancel religion there. And you have a better chance of being born into a Christian family per capita in Beijing than you do in Boston. Or at least that used to be true. I don't know. It's, if it's still, still true. Yeah. It's still true. Yeah. So maybe maybe uh, that's the antidote because the church does its best work when uh, when it's being persecuted and spreads the most when it's being persecuted. But um, as far as the central claim is the, uh, of that goes, I mean, it's. It's fake news.
1: It's, I think it's a hundred percent true
3: that they'll try everything he said. Oh, oh, for sure. But yeah. they can't. I mean, it's I, the, using that as a tactic. Vote for me, or they're going to cancel religion. Right?
2: Yeah.
1: Why not? I mean, well, tell me if we all agree that this is the things they'll try. Why yeah. wouldn't you encourage people that, that if you don't want that, vote for me? If we, if we but all agree, the other side is going to do that, then that, vote for Rick me because I won't. I would won't do that. Tell
2: people to say that while holding his fingers crossed between his back and you know, whispering okay, so some demonic want, incantation. <laughs> what do you want him to say instead then? Oh, like I said, he's not. He's not going on offense with the. Uh, uh, actual issue. He's like, I, no one's ever done more. I mean, he repeated that mantra three times, which means he doesn't really need to know. He either doesn't know how to go on offense, or it's just about him, and it isn't about the issue. I mean, I, okay. It's it's a, He's giving the, the picture page's answer. For, he's, oh, look, gorilla, dragon, whatever. That's what he just did. I need more. <laughs> but we all
1: agree that his, regardless of his wording, the left will try to do. Of course. What he claims they're going to try to do. Of
2: course, but that's... I mean, so that
1: you find you, it, so it, it's not his claim that you find to be fake news. No. It's, no. it's, it, it's context the context of the, the, the claim. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. All right, here's Trump on school indoctrination.
6: Our own country. And to believe that the men and women who built it were not
5: heroes, but that were villains. You said our children are taught in school to hate our country.
6: Where do you see that? I just look at I look at school. I watch. I read. Look at the stuff. Now they want to change. 1492, Columbus discovered America. You know, we grew up. You grew up. We all did. That's what we learned. Now they want to make it the 1619 Project. Where did that come from? What does it represent? I don't even know. It's so slavery. Uh, that's what they're saying, but they don't even know. They just want to make a change. Cancel culture. I hate the term, actually, but I use it.
5: But, but are they teaching cancel people
6: culture. to hate America? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Look at the professional. Look at what's going on in the colleges if a conservative goes on a college, and look we have as many as them Excuse me. I think to the best of my knowledge We're sitting at the White House and the Oval Office is right behind me. We have as many as them Who's them? The Liberal radical left and I'm not talking all I think liberal I I could tell you I like a lot of liberal people like like a lot of liberal governors and senators but but chris we have a radical left destructive ideology and it's being taught in our schools
1: fake news or not todd you go first in this final clip
2: that is that's that's not fake news it's one of his better answers that we've seen but it's so frustrating to understand deeply that that's not fake news and at the same time know. dead well that the number one job of getting america back on its feet before this election is getting back to school that's the, yeah that's the ridiculous world we're living in that because it's it's yeah. it's a way of it, it's a it's just a turf war that needs to be won it i and then to to reclaim and all the people who say it, it you know homeschool it's all it's all good and true but the, this is how we seed our culture for better or for worse and you just cannot let them have it. it taking it back would be a big deal to say here and no further
3: aaron what do you think i think everything he said is 100 percent true uh 100 true here's the difference between candidate 2016 trump and candidate 2020 trump um 2016 trump most ardent or even optimistic supporters would say i can't wait to see what he actually does um 2020 with hindsight being our our uh, our ally here now the answer is that's great now what have you done what are you going to do about it and how is that different than what you've already done because fill in the blank so everything he says is 100 true it's just again the context of this is what's frustrating and i'm frustrated for his most ardent supporters because you get those moments like that with trump where it's just like, yes, he gets me. He understands us. We're listened to. And then the follow through just isn't there hardly ever.
1: You know, I struggle with answers like this because I, I think politically it, it well, I'm not sure politically its impact. I think I, I get frustrated because I think if you're going to throw something like that out there, which I 100% agree with and believe... But I've also spent my career cataloging and documenting the specifics of these instances and could, could enumerate them for you on any point in time that it ever came up in a conversation. I, I, I don't know, though, if the, in the culture we're in now, I know the way things used to be. If you're going to go there and drop that gauntlet, you better have some specifics lined up. Otherwise, you look foolish, Right. Okay, now we may not be. We're in a Twitter era now. A, you know, a, a ready aim, ready fire aim era now. Um, it, cancel culture, quick draw judgment. Um, that that actually may be the more effective way to communicate now than to actually provide people specifics and treat them like adults, right? I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I know a few years ago, communicating like that on such a hot button issue without having specifics at the ready to make such a charge, it, it, you know, it, it's like trying to go over the middle on third and long without wearing huh. a helmet on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I mean, you're going to get knocked the bleep out, right? But we're in a different era now. And maybe the way I think we should communicate doesn't work anymore. That maybe the fewer, more specifics you have then and the more you treat people like adults, the worse you are off politically. I don't know the answer to that. I you don't know. We'll come back. Our old friend Kurt Schilling is going to join us for Pop Culture Tuesday. Stay tuned. Back here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, Radio, and Podcast. Steve Day with Todders and Aaron McIntyre and a special guest. With us for this week's Pop Culture Tuesday, when we look at the intersection between conservatism and pop culture, it's our old friend, World Series champion forever, future Hall of Famer himself, Kurt Schilling. Good to see you, brother. How are you? What's going on, Steve? How you doing, brother? I could be a little better, but I could be a yeah. lot worse. You know how it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so you and I have carried this conversation on publicly and privately for the last couple of months. You have been very skeptical yeah. that they're going to play ball. In 2020, however, 48 hours from now, they're slated to do so. And uh, the latest testing, almost 18,000 people have been tested. That's managers, coaches, support staff, players. Positive tests have been 0.1%. 0.1 percent 0.1 and these Shocking. are these are players that came from all over the world they've been gone for the last few months right all over the country Dominican Republic uh Mexico Venezuela uh, all over America and they've reassembled so the major league baseball protocols are working and unlike our state governments which get an incentive from the feds for ca- for cataloging everything as covid when you've got a union and a franchise and lawsuits and tort liability and billions and billions of dollars in tv revenue not to mention your 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 asset stake you can't lie about these stats you can't make them right. up you can't ignore All them right. either you gotta you gotta be real and transparent about this i sense that those testing numbers have you a little bit more optimistic that we're, we're gonna see baseball on thursday when, when it's uh, scheduled to open
0: yeah in some case uh, one of the other things that i've, I've said along with the th- I I, still, I didn't didn't think they're going to play any games was if they do it's going to blow up the left yes that it's going to expose the left and everything that they've been lying about for the last six or seven months it's gonna it's gonna be everything that that that, that rational human beings ha- have have said has been going on number one and number two I, I you know what about Toronto I mean, what we twenty four hours ago we found forty eight hours ago the Toron- the Canadian government said Toronto cannot play in the Sky Dome. Mm-hmm. What I mean, w- <laughs> what are they doing? I, I know they there's talk about Buffalo and some other stuff, but like this is not this is like an aircraft carrier, not like a speedboat. It takes a long time to turn, to make a full U-turn, you know? And so I'm wondering what that's going to be like and how that's going to play out They, right they now.
1: need to go to Buffalo, where I have a, a, fair, a special fondness for that ballpark there, whose name I cannot remember, because that yeah. is the ballpark where, in my opinion, the greatest baseball movie and arguably the greatest sports movie ever was filmed. My favorite player growing up, Roy Hobbs, the natural, <laughs> that was filmed at that ballpark there. That was the New York Knights' home field there, uh, the Buffalo AAA affiliate yeah. stadium.
0: Yeah, and that, it was also it was it's one of those places I remember playing in AAA. There, there, there were a couple of different ballparks in AAA that kind of were like, wow, this is big league, and that was one of them. So, but again, w- remember the the insane what you if I don't know if you read the um, the Strasburg uh, uh, post game. Uh, comments about how much goes into each game, Mm -hmm. the amount of work by tons of different people. Um, You know, now we're talking about shifting an entire, I don't know how many people it is. program. There's only a limited number of people allowed in the stadiums or in the clubhouse. But
1: but they had to know that there was at least some possibility of this, right? They had to have, they couldn't have had their pants completely pulled down. I I assume,
0: Well, sure they could have. I mean, they could have. I don't think they did. Yeah. But you know, we we've made too many mistakes assuming people are far smarter than they actually are. That that is true. Yeah.
1: I mean, at this point, I'm not even assuming cognitive motor function. At this point, right? Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't even know if the body is warm, if the heart is frankly beating at this point. It
0: feels very Biden esque to me (laughs) that he's.
1: Everybody's weekend at Bernie's right now. The whole country is at this point. Yep. But (laughs) but when when you and I
0: last discussed this
1: publicly. And you and Todd ganged up on me. This was my argument that, <clears throat> that sports would be the decider of the clarifier of this because for all of the reasons I just laid out, they cannot lie. They, they, they right. cannot afford the power of these unions. They cannot afford to overlook. Look what the NFL Players Association, which is probably the weakest union other than the NHLs in the, in, in this country, which still doesn't have guaranteed contracts for its, no, it's players.
0: We- by far the weakest.
1: For the most dangerous sport we play, right? Okay. Yep. And one Twitter hashtag, they essentially got all of the preseason eliminated which i agree with by the way I, I don't i don't know why you would risk infections and anything else yep. and blowing your bubble for a bunch of players that in the end for games that don't count and a bunch of players that are not even going to be on the roster when the season starts makes no sense yeah. whatsoever it's just the owners trying to squeeze out another couple of uh, shekels of of tv yeah. revenue and, and the like yep. right okay so i agreed with the players on that front wholeheartedly but if the NFL recognizes the, the 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 moment the magnitude of the moment the transparency that is required when you've got the nba and, and and major league baseball player associations that are far more powerful you are going to have to come correct you cannot over exaggerate this but you also if you're going to put billions of dollars out there with these tv networks you can't either uh, you know um, uh, lie about how widespread it is either and buy into panic porn because you're either getting sued on one end right you're getting sued out of existence on one end or you're going out of business on the other end. Yeah. So sports well, was going to tell the truth. Now, I agree that getting to this point was a battle, right? That's why That's why there's so much battle over starting the college football season because they recognize that if they get it started, then they can't turn it off. When the actual data it- comes in, they won't be able to – it'll blow up that narrative as well. So they got to kill it before it starts.
0: Yeah. What are we talking about, though, with college? Because as far as I know, the Ivy League's already canceled, right? Yeah, but their football programs are irrelevant. Yeah, but but, yeah. but but yes and no, in a sense that, that you know, I don't imagine they're going to be the only conference. I mean, we've already just saw what yesterday, California high school sports are canceled yeah. across the board. Yeah. Um, you know, we're waiting for the same thing here in Massachusetts. But and really, I, you look at the NFL and you look at the NHL and you look at Major League Baseball and it's almost like, trying to navigate an elephant through a dog's ob- obstacle course, right? You, you, right now, you, we have to be very agile in how we act and react in the sense that every day it's something new. Right. The left is going to throw out an obstacle every day and Fauci's going to say something stupid every other day. Um, and then we're going to hear from th- rational doctors around the country saying this is ridiculous, this is stupid. What are you guys doing? And that's, and- why, that's
1: why the battle gentlemen has always been to not get them started playing because once they reassembled and the real data was assembled, uh, we were going to see for the first time in this entire pandemic, what the rest of the world has seen, why they've been playing Premier League soccer in the UK, which had an even worse lockdown than the US did, frankly. They've been playing Premier League soccer in the UK. Aaron, you've been betting on it. How long have they been playing this?
3: Uh, About, uh, Mm -hmm. oh boy, it's been like two months now. Yep,
1: okay. Spain, hardest hit country other than Italy, went ahead and played pro basketball, finished its season. Germany is playing basketball. Germany is playing soccer. We are going to learn that these protocols work. And that you actually, if you look at the objective data, as opposed to your political narrative, you can, and you don't have, you don't have a a list of about a handful of serious comorbidities and you're not at least 74 years old, you're going to learn that for the, for 94.6% of society, this is frankly not a threat to your mortality any more than riding a motorcycle
0: is. So there's, there's a couple of questions I I think I want to ask myself and I want to hear other people's answers too. You're talking about uh a couple thousand people athletes right i mm-hmm. mean foot, baseball is is 800 or something football whatever it is percentages say you're going to have one yeah right yeah okay yeah what if that one is clayton kershaw that's my first question. Well, I think we have to define
1: hear. one. Are we, right. Are we talking a death? Are we talking an intubation? Oh, no, no, Hospitalization? No, a death. Like I'm a flat out a death. death?
0: Okay. Right. All right. All right. That's the first thing. The second thing is, <clears> if you look at this from a very skewed liberal angle, this is the ultimate, like, the, they have the ability to turn everything on its head, in one in one instance, in the sense that okay, you know what? Nine Dodgers just tested positive. California, you can't play baseball here. Right. I mean, so. So, yeah. yes, we can we can see the truth in the numbers, but the left can go and do what they're doing. Otherwise, it's right. overreacting. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Hey, we're closing down. You can't play baseball. I totally Florida. agree with that. But here's why. Yeah.
1: Here's why we, I'm OK with that argument, because what's happened in the last few weeks as these Republican governors in Arizona and Texas and Ohio have gone squishy. Is it has ruined our ability to isolate the panic porn governors in these blue states, yeah. Illinois, Pennsylvania, yeah. California, because these Republican governors are giving them cover. Well, look at what's going on. I mean, you got the New Jersey governor, for goodness sakes, one out of every ten deaths in America out of New Jersey, out right. there saying you could be worse, you could live in Georgia, which has been perfectly fine since it's been right. reopened for two right. months. All right. Right? right. The gas lighting is on, is on, is on full tilt. And so, if indeed it is these blue state governors that want to do this, now the problem with them doing it, though, now Kurt, is they're out in the open. They take all the political liability right. themselves. Since the White House is, extended the 15 days to flatten the curve 127 days ago, okay, since they did this, these blue state governors have had all kinds of political cover. They haven't right. been isolated. But now, if they're the ones saying, "Hey, you may there may be a lot of people in California that hate Donald Trump," do you think do you think the Dodgers are more power more more popular popular in California than, than, people that hate Donald Trump. I don't know, but I bet you it's, a, it's at least a close race. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah and and I think now, now lie. you
1: politically, uh, you politically isolate them in ways that they've not been politically isolated yet. And that's why they've gotten to make all these proclamations and make yeah. and, and do all of this petty tyranny. And so we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I guess it's a long way of saying that.
0: Yeah. But what, let me ask you, what, what, what about the the superstar? What if, what if LeBron James is the guy that dies? I mean, God forbid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I mean, y- I don't know. Who's the number one? Who's the number
1: one Premier League player with no last name right now? Who yeah, is it? Yeah. So know. like, yeah. Okay. What happens if he dies? Right. What no. happens if the number one star athlete in Germany dies? Why is not every other country, and all of these are nations, by the way, further to the left than we are? Okay. Oh yeah. These are oh yeah. all socialist democracies. Why aren't they wrestling with this, and we are?
0: Yeah. Why aren't they? Well, because they don't have. Donald Trump. That's right. They're not having an orange man bad election. That's exactly right. right, right.
1: right. Todd, you want to jump into this whatsoever?
2: Let's here in our little baseball experiment, and this speaks to the, uh, how instantly uh, Kurt has rightly rightly said things can be turned upside down. Uh, Most of the baseball and softball teams that played are are, are still playing. We're we're in the postseason now. There was about 5% of them that had to, well, well, that didn't have to stop playing by at a state-level mandate. It turns out every county health department had different rules. So here in Des Moines, where they were, uh, if you have one case, the whole team has got to sit out for two weeks. And if it's at the end of the season, <laughs> if it's at the end of the season, the season's over. it's over. Yeah. But up yeah. in uh, northwest Iowa, they, they said, if you just have one case, you just go away, and the yep. rest of the team moves on. That's Absolutely right. arbitrary. Yeah. Right. Yet we marched on like this and there's grownups. This is one of my, there's grownups getting in rooms and they're looking at each other and right. they're making these decisions willy nilly. The people in California, who are the athletes going to be hearing? They're going to be hearing those sports writers who are all unanimously drunk on the panic porn. So you just never know which version of reality is going to take over. That's where I agree with Kurt. You just, you've got to wait and see because we could be flying for two weeks and be celebrating god bless america and we're finally out of this and then all of a sudden who knows yeah. what happens so you're both right you're I both right i agree
1: right. Uh, but i think yeah. it was a far it, bigger battle getting it started because well, yeah. once you get it started momentum starts working the other way yeah. as well right so we've run into this, some of those psychoses with high school sports in iowa they're still playing them though aren't they yeah yeah go ahead kurt yeah. quickly
0: no it, it's it's right yeah you're right i i i wouldn't be stunned if they started Tomorrow and our Thursday and and the season ended on Sunday. So you know I, I I don't I'm ready for anything. I mean hell if Greta Thornburg won a million euro for a prize for humanity anything is possible. All right, let's talk the, the actual
1: game in the couple minutes we have left. We only got a couple of minutes left, okay? Yeah. Give us the all these win totals. <clears throat> pardon me. For almost all of these teams are are five hundred. All right. Right. There's so many <clears throat> man. Pardon me. There are so many variables here. I actually, the people that uh, subscribe to my handicapping picks, I suggested to them today that with the exception of the Orioles, they put a small dollar wager on every other long shot to win the division because we're only dealing with 60 games, a couple COVID tests, a couple, you know, somebody's wife gets pregnant, he sits out the whole season, right? You know what I'm saying? The variables here are so high that if just even one of these Cinderella's were to win their division in 60 games with a 32 and 28, uh, you know, record, the payday, absolutely the value makes, I'm not saying put like a $1,000 on yeah. the Mariners to win the American League East, but I think it's... It's worth 10 15 20 50 bucks given looking, the variables yeah. what do
0: you think I, I think you're looking at roulette odds <laughs> honestly i mean with the COVID testing you're putting money on a team that you don't know the roster monday to friday mm-hmm. so it, it, it there's no i would argue there's absolutely zero uh tactical skill involved i agree in baseball this yep. not it's all this would be playing i would play numbers period percentages and like you said, if if I can put a little bit on on the underdogs, because in my mind, honestly, with the exception of one or two teams, everybody's got a fifty percent chance to be in the postseason.
1: Yeah, and you see you see that the amount of win totals between twenty eight and thirty two, it's pretty much every team except for the Yankees and the Dodgers on one end, the Tigers and the and the Orioles on another end. So I agree.
0: I, I will say this. I will say this. If I was giving anybody advice and I was going to take. Uh, a favorite the, the team that i've seen the most that i like uh, where they're at is the yankees uh garrett cole's ready to go i mean he's he's not going to be on a pitch count for v- much of the season yep. if at all aaron judge is healthy um they're both but they look good they look good they look healthy except for tanaka's like you know he's got a knot on his forehead i think but uh um they look good they look real good
1: great stuff my friend always good to see you all right take it's care god bless to you guys yeah you me bet. too god bless you guys take care all right, some thoughts on that conversation with Kurt Schilling. Aaron? Taught.
2: Yeah, well, the mere mention of Greta Thunberg made me think that far, le- far more likely than Clayton Kershaw dying is what's going to happen around these stadiums if Antifa protesters and BLM protesters just surround them. They've broken into federal buildings, police stations. Why wouldn't that be the next ground zero that really causes the players to say, Whoa, I'm not in for this?
3: Uh, yeah, this just came in. Cardinals, Carlos Martinez, he's a pitcher for them dealing with sickness. He was hospitalized Saturday night. Oh, wait, that's from September 15th, 2019. Yeah, he had respiratory issues and he pitched 48 hours later. Get ready for it. But nobody remembers that. It, did you did you know that? No, nobody knew that. Nobody remembers that. Get ready for 15 of those stories every time somebody just tests positive. We're going to get through the season, I think. But goodness gracious, uh, it's going to be Panic Porn Central on es on the pages of ESPN and all the baseball fl- fan blogs. We're
1: going to stick around for some overtime for our Blaze TV subscriber and continue the discussion over the politics of masks at blaze tv.com slash dace for the rest of you uh have a great tuesday we will be back at it again tomorrow uh noon to two eastern right after glenn Beck here on blaze tv radio and podcast until then john 317
0: this is steve dace
4: on the blaze radio network